My name is Will, and we're going to be continuing our podcast, Cabra Matters, because Cabra Matter matters to God and to us. And I have here with me today, um, Hien, one of the pastors at Cabra Matter Anakin Church. Uh, our regular host, Pastor Rob, is on leave today, so it will only be me and Hien um, for this episode. And we're continuing on our podcast about um, Gregory Kukul's book, Tactics by Gregory Kukul. And um, that's part of our campaign for this year. Let's go to one in 2021. We'll be encouraging our congregation members uh, to be praying for that one person to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and to be connecting with that person, um, like taking initiative and intentionally connecting with them. And then uh, hoping that one way or another, they might hear uh, the gospel proclaimed um, sometime this year. And so that's, that's our hope. Um, that is our, our campaign for this year, um, that yeah, people might have their lives transformed uh, through Jesus Christ for God's glory. And so as we're going through this, this book, it has been pretty helpful. Um, let us know if, things, if uh, we've raised some um, interesting things that you want to interact with. Um, we'll discuss further. You can email us at comms at cabra.church um, or leave a comment, I guess, on the YouTube video. But we're up to chapters four and five now, and we're still discussing the Colombo tactic. There are three steps in the Colombo tactic. Uh, step one is gathering information. Step two is reversing the burden of proof. And step three is about uh, getting out of sticky situations. I can't remember the, the technical term for that, but it's about getting out of technical uh, difficult situations. But we're going to be covering step one and two this time, and it's in chapters four and five. Now, here I've got a question for you. Why was the Great War built? I don't know, Will. Why was the Great War built? <laughs> to keep uh, out rabbits or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a that's a possible explanation, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but does it mean it's believable? No, I don't think. Well, yeah, it, it, it's it's plausible. <laughs> yeah, plausible, but not maybe, probable. Maybe, maybe to keep uh, I don't know, to keep warm. I don't know, or to keep aliens out. Maybe there were yeah. aliens there or something. Oh well, speaking of which. Um, there's news about like UFOs and stuff and, and how there's like lots of different sightings of it and people um, have all these interesting theories as to what these unidentified objects in the sky are. Now, um, you know, do we believe in every and every, every single theory out there? Mm. Probably, probably not, eh? But no. sometimes you've got, we have to weigh it up, I think. Um, and that's part of what um, today's about. When someone makes an alternative truth claim, um, you know, we need to think critically about it. And usually when people ask questions, uh, questions are usually pretty loaded. So, you know, an example in the Bible is Jesus dealing really well with loaded questions. Uh, one example that I can think of is when, uh, you know, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, you know, by what, whose authority do you do these things? You know, Jesus was at the temple flipping tables over and stuff and, and telling people to scram. And then they ask him, by whose authority do this? And then Jesus' response was another question. He's like, oh, well, how about I ask you this question? You know, where does John's baptism come from? Is it from God or is it from man? Right. And then that question kind of stumped the people because they had to think, oh, it's a trap, right? Because if they say one answer, well, Jesus could come back at them with another response and like oh, if you say from god then he says why don't you believe them but if you say from man then then the people who believe is from god would kind of go after them 
and and then so Jesus exposed that questions are loaded, and you got to tread carefully, or, or statements of truth are loaded, um, and so yeah, you know when we're talking to our our friends um, or family members who do not yet know Jesus, uh, they might say some things that that might be loaded, and um, yeah, and that kind of is a segue to a story like a personal story of mine. I was meeting it with a friend uh, who's not Christian. And, and uh, yeah, he agreed to read the Bible with me, which was pretty interesting. I think he, he started kind of going to church um, and he yeah, wanted to explore Christianity. So we read the Bible together. And then one day, he, after reading the Bible, I think we were going through Ephesians. And um, he, asked me, he asked me, oh, um, you know, the people who don't believe in Jesus go to hell. Right. And then, you know, guess what I did here? You answered it. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much just answered it like straight out. Um, yeah. And and then, you know, I just gave him the answer like, yeah, you know, well, we have we have the Bible, which is God's word to us. Um, and then I explained pretty much two ways to live. Everyone sinned against God and God's a holy God. And he, he's a just God. So he judges according to his perfect righteousness and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, Hebrews 9.27, everyone's destined to die once and then face, uh, face judgment. And he didn't really seem happy with the answer. Um, yeah, but then after that, after my answer, he didn't seem happy, but he kind of didn't press and then he changed the topic and that's it. And then, I don't know. I, I, thought, I, I thought I did okay. Like I gave him, I gave him the biblical answer. Um, yeah, but then later on, I kind of realized, like, as, as we, you know, we're friends and stuff, right? So, you know, we talk about other things and so on. And then I kind of pieced some things together. And I realized that his mom, like, passed away not too long, like, after he, like, not too long before he asked um, that question. And then that was when he kind of, like, all dropped on me that he's probably thinking about where his mom is at. Mm. Um. Yeah, and I think the answer was pretty hard to take, right? Mm. And it would have been a lot better if I, you know, got asked. to know where he was coming from. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, chapter four and chapter five sort of helps us to think in that way mm. um, instead of just straight out answering the question. Yeah, um, but really just think, all right, where where is the person coming from with that answer? Yeah, I mean, sorry, with that question that they're asking. Mm. Yeah, so it could come from either when they're asking a question, yeah, or if you're talking to them and then they make a statement, right? Like, oh, don't all Christians or all people go to heaven, or like, you know, or all, all paths leads to God. Yeah, all paths leads to God, or um, hasn't science disproved, uh, you know, Christianity or something? Mm. Yeah, so I think it may come in the form of a question, um, or it may come in the form of a statement, and then I think the the Colombo tactic helps us to go well, take a Take a step back. Don't walk into to to that and answer it straight away. But get to know where they're coming from. Mm. And, uh, I think that's really valuable for us. And and I learned that lesson. Um, you know, I made the mistake a few times, and I'm still making mistakes. But now I, at least I have this tent, like this reminder in me, like oh, I should ask him where they're coming from first, mm. and kind of get to know the background of why they're asking these questions. Mm. Uh, so, so yeah, and I think, so the that's the first step, gathering information. And gathering information is important um, because, you know, you don't want to misunderstand uh, the person you're talking to. 
and you don't want to misrepresent them. So like, for example, once they ask you a question, you might have an idea of what they actually mean. And then you answer that, but then that's actually not answering the question, right? Has that ever happened to you? Of course it has, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And then the other one is you don't want them to misunderstand themselves. Uh, and I think that happens to me a lot. Um, you know, when I meet up with, with my mentor, I might say something and he goes, oh, what do you mean by that? And then I have to pause and then think a bit more about actually what do I mean? Mm. I might be inconsistent in the way I, I, I use my words or whatever. Um, and then it helps me clarify and it helps me. And it, it's, it's a good way to point out a mistake in my thinking without pointing it out to me, but asking me a question and me realizing it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, that's, that's what I got out of the first chapter. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, and I think also gathering information uh, also helps you um, uh, show that you take interest in other person instead mm-hmm. of just pushing your own ideas onto them, but really hearing them out, uh, hearing where, you know, what they're saying and, and yeah, gathering um, that kind of info, background information in a way that just helps them feel like you care. Yeah. Um, care enough to listen to them and, and listen to their opinions and their ideas. Mm. Yeah, because I think... Of, yeah, correcting it straight away. Yeah, because I guess like what you're saying uh, um, is... Is like behind every question or statement, there's a person. Yeah. Right. That holds holds to that statement or question, um, and asking them questions and finding out more is is dealing with the person, mm. not just a theoretical question. That's right. And, and you're right too. When some someone makes a statement, those mm. statements doesn't mean much in the sense of that has no foundation. But when you when you um, you really ask them why they made that statement and where did that how did they come to the conclusion of having that statement? Mm. It just really helps them clear, clarify, okay, is my thinking wrong or am I right? Or, you know, do I have the proper foundation set upon before making these statements? Because statements are made in society just because they're good catch lines yeah. and not necessarily true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like love is love. <laughs> God is love, uh, like love is love. Love is love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that, yeah. Or, or or Black Lives Matter. Yep. <laughs> there are statements yep. that are made, but yeah, of course, of course, Black Lives Matter. So yep. does everyone. Everyone's lives matter. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you kind of like um, show a bit of resistance to that movement, they're like, oh, so you, you're you're against Black Lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's always good to ask. Oh, what do you actually mean by? Black Lives Matter, or what do you actually mean by love is love? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they, they're able to explain their position a bit better. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, the next chapter is is about reversing the burden of proof. Um, so I guess, you know, there's a difference between an opinion, an argument, and an argument. An opinion is pretty much just a point of view. Um, but an argument is like something that's backed up by reason. Mm. Yeah? And so, you know, if people can give out opinions, you know, like God doesn't exist or evolution is true or whatever, they can have an opinion. Um, but then they need to, everyone who gives an opinion is their responsibility to back it up. Right. But I think the temptation from, from our end, when we're hit with someone's opinion, that's against our views is to defend our view and attack their opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the Columbo tactic kind of tells us to not 
instinctively react that way, but to get them to give reasons for their opinion. Mm. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a really good tactic because if you're just, if you're still asking questions, um, you know, in, in the book's words, you're in the driver's seat. So you're in control of the, of the conversation. And it also means that you're not on, on the hot seat where your views are being critiqued. tested. Yeah. Right. If you're asking them questions, is their views being tested? And then if they try to put it back to you, you go, well, you know, I haven't put my opinion out forward yet. I'm still trying to find out what you're on about. You know yeah. what I mean? And then, <laughs> it's, still, it's still on them. Mm. And I, take, I think it's a bit easier to take that burden away, whereas you're always trying to think of the next line or what's the next argument or what, what thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, but if you do ask, like, to show, like, ask the other person to show the burden of proof of their statements or opinions, then, yeah, it's their job to to think yeah, to to back it up with what they said yeah yeah so like for example i think quite recently someone asked me um oh i think it was after church or something and and they were talking about uh resurrection and then and then this person said oh you know maybe maybe it's not res- maybe resurrection is isn't the only only way or isn't the only thing that happens after death like there's also reincarnation right, and then and then thankfully this time round, i kind of like you know had a better response than just to go nah it's not reincarnation it's resurrection because blah blah blah, blah right i i asked the person oh you know why do you think reincarnation is is real and then they they were like oh um you know because there's people who who say that they've been xyz in the past life and they know and I'm like, okay, well, is it reasonable to believe these people? And then they're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then that, that was good. I think that was a good that was a good outcome because then it kind of made them think, oh, well, yeah, is it actually reasonable to believe mm-hmm. in these people who, who claim to have been reincarnated when they just said that they were without any kind of proof? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's a good thing. That's a good, I guess, tool to have. Um, to ask people to go, yeah, like, how did you come to this conclusion? Like, how, how did you get there? What reasons do, do you think makes makes this uh, statement, like, you know, believable, mm. or reasonable to believe? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think another thing that I found helpful in the book um, is that he makes it clear that an alternative explanation about something is not a refutation of your position. Um, so given my example again, like just because they have an alternative view of what happens after you die. So for example, resurrection versus reincarnation, just because there's an alternative doesn't mean that it actually refutes your position. Right. So similar to our, what we started off with, like why did they build the great wall? Just because you can think of a million like reasons why the great wall was built doesn't mean it's actually refutes the true reason why it was built. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's good because sometimes we feel threatened, right? When someone comes up with an alternative, mm-hmm. when they go, oh, but it could be like this or it could be like that. It's so easy to come up with alternatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we feel threatened because they're like, oh yeah, haven't thought of that, right? Um, but I guess if someone comes up with an alternative, the book tells us to then ask some questions about it. Yes. And, oh, how did you- yeah, and show, and show, show the reason why you 
you, you believe or mm. have that opinion. Yeah. And also in chapter five, uh, it talks about things that are uh, the three P's, was it? Possible, yep. Yep. plausible, and probable. Yep. Yeah, to me, when I was reading that, I had to slow down and really get that around my head mm. into, okay, the possibility, the probability, the, probability not plausibility and the probability mm. of things or of opinions being true or not true mm. and yeah what did you say when we we're talking before will that it helps the explanation of other, to think through those three things yeah so so when someone comes up with an alternative explanation um just think about these questions like firstly is it possible um so that that kind of means like can it happen is it possible for this to happen so why was the great wall built to keep the bunnies out. Well, is that possible? Yeah, it's possible. Okay, then you get to the next step, right? Which is, is it plausible? And plausible means, is it reasonable? Is it reasonable for that explanation to be true? And so you go, well, they built the Great Wall. It's like, you know, meters, meters high and meters, meters wide and like hundreds of kilometers long and people died building this wall. Okay. So with those facts in mind, is it reasonable for them to build a, that wall of that magnitude just to keep bunnies out? <laughs> Probably not, right? And then so, so with that, that that's, that's a tool to help us assess alternative views. And then you can even ask those questions. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, why do you think they built the wall? Like, okay, they built it like this. Like, oh, do you think, you know, but then didn't people die building that wall? Like, do you think that's reasonable for that to happen like building a wall just to keep bunnies out at the cost of human life yeah and then yeah maybe you know yeah and then the last one is um is it is a probable and so that means is it the best explanation that we have given the facts that we have um so you know it's it's a it's an argument for for the for the resurrection Mm. that that it is the best explanation of the facts that we have the empty tomb, Christ died, you know, and and the witness of the disciples, how their lives have changed, and the witness of, you know, the apostle Paul, who's who was against Christianity and his life changed because he met the Lord Jesus, um, and so on and so forth. So if, after putting all those facts together, um, you know, it is the best explanation of, of the evidence that we have. So that's why we believe in the resurrection, I guess, using that as an example. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, the book, book ends with, yeah, proof, um, those kind of uh, three things. Um, and I was just thinking, yeah, how, how do I use um, or get better at, at using these two tactics in, in my conversation with people? And I think I was just, uh, just saying that, you know, I need to practice it. <laughs> I need to just, just do it and, and, and really get better. Because the first time I, I use these tactics, it won't be a success but if i keep using it again and again then get better at it yeah definitely and like we don't only use it with people who are not christian or when we're talking about like spiritual things or whatever you know i guess we can use it when we talk to people normally right yeah i think so (laughs) and then uh, we can also when when people do come to me for advice or for certain issues i can use these columbo tactics to to really hear them out and, and, and hear 
their side of the story instead of just give them my opinion or what they did wrong or what they did right. Yeah. Yeah. Just to hear, okay, why did you come to that? Why did this person say this to you? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it really helps us. Um, not only, yeah, I think you're right. Like not only in, in talking to, um, you know, non-Christians and dealing with different views or not even just talking about theoretical things and dealing with different views of the Bible, for example, right. Different doctrine and, and theology. Um, but you know, we, we are in each other's lives and we talk to each other and we're a family of God. And, and, um, you know, when someone asks for advice on some things or we talk about things, then yeah, it's better to drill, drill down deeper as to, mm-hmm. Oh, what do you mean by this? You know, why, why did you react like that? Or why do you think, um, you know, this, this happened. Mm. And then, and then that gives us a way to go, Oh, well then another good question to ask is what does God's word say? Yeah. And what does the Bible say about this? And then you can look into it together. So I think, yeah, I think this, this has application um, not only in, in how we try to connect with outsiders, but also how we connect with each other. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a really good point that you made. Yeah. And I, that's what I really appreciate about these two tactics is that I can use it in all aspects of, of my my life mm, yeah because he values the person yeah 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 that's the point yeah it values the person and it gets that person talking mm. and hearing the person out yeah and if you're patient and curious then you get to know more about the person um then you know how to better pray for them i guess mm. well. and, and also if you do it well i think mm. the person can will come back to you repeat repeatedly because <laughs> mm. they feel like they can yeah have a person who hears them yeah. understands them and who, who has their interests at heart mm. this sounds like a uh, Columbo tactic is is pretty much active listening yes yes <laughs> it is yeah active listening yeah. <laughs> but just but just putting out that in steps yeah. And, yeah and spelling it out clearly for us so that we can actually use it and, mm. and be um, yeah aware of it mm. yeah uh, like i guess i would just leave with this as well um you know i I was reading an article on um, the Gospel Coalition and the article is uh, titled uh, The Lines of Grace, right? And so if, if you're interested, you can kind of look it up as well. It's about this guy getting a tattoo. <laughs> and his tattoo was um, a picture of a, a sailboat with sails, like, you know, full of, full of wind. And then the line is, it is well with my soul, right? So it's a bit like a, a, a hymn reference here, yeah? it is well with my soul. And then, so he goes to the, the tattoo artist and the tattoo artist is like, oh yeah, look at the design, blah, blah, blah. And then it was a four hour appointment to get the tattoo done because, you know, it's a nice, nice design. And the tattoo artist was tattooing and then, and then they were talking about, oh, what's the, what's the importance, you know, what's the significance of this tattoo? And, and then the person was able to explain, you know, that, that because of my confidence in God, because he, he's loving, blah, 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 that that um you know it doesn't matter what happens in my life i can say it is well with my soul mm. and then and then the tattoo artist she was like oh i think you're the only christian the first christian i've ever met <laughs> and then and then you know he columboed her he's like oh are you sure you, you never met a christian before and then you know she was able to kind of just go oh yeah maybe there are christians but like you seem more like like a genuine christian because you you were able to explain clearly why you believe and then and then she started talking about her own life and then it was clear to the to the to the guy getting a tattoo that 
oh, you know, things aren't well in her soul. Um, and then she, and then they start talking, and then she asked him a question, like, what do you think about gay marriage? And that's like, boom, loaded <laughs> question, right? Yeah. What do you do? And thankfully, he columboed her. He didn't just answer her straight out. Um, he columboed her and asked her, this is his response. He's like, that sounds like it has a backstory of its own. Tell me more. And then she just kind of opened up and told her, told him her life story. Mm. Um, and that was good because then he, he was interested in the person. Yeah. Asking the question and not just answering the question as a theoretical thing. Mm. Uh, and, and that led to a, a great conversation. Um, and they became, I guess, I think they became friends. Um, yeah. And I think that was good. Mm. And that, that I guess he 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 now like now she has a, a contact in her life where she knows that this person uh you know is a Christian who who has hope mm. um, and, and can talk to talk to the person and doesn't feel like hated by the person and so on. Mm. Yeah. If you if you have time, like you know, listeners, uh yeah, I guess it's a pretty good article to have a read. It's pretty encouraging. It sounds really good. Mm. Yeah. All right. Do you have any anything else to add, Ian? Um, no, just looking forward to the next step. <laughs> yep. Step three. Step three. Yeah. Yep. Two reliable rescues, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so next one is uh, I think we're doing the next two chapters: two reliable rescues and um, using questions to get to a point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, well, that's it from us. Thank you for tuning in and um, I hope you will tune in next week as well and to hear more uh, from the book Tactics by Gregory Kukul. Till, till then, see you later. Bye.